0: Good morning and welcome into the Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke alongside me today and as always, Griggs Blankenberg. Griggs, how are you? Doing good, Daniel. Doing good. Do you think we should just go ahead and just get started? Let's do it.
1: Well, now joining us here on the phone is one of the members of the Crane & Co. podcast. It is Jake Crane. You can find him on Twitter, at Jake Crane underscore. You can also find his podcast, Crane & Co., wherever you get your podcasts from. And they're live every weekday starting at 6.30 a.m. Central on their YouTube. So, Jake, welcome to the show. How you doing?
2: Man, what is up? Three, three, four. What is up? Uh, now nah, just getting ready for Conference Championship Week. Obviously a lot going on in the coaching carousel and... The transfer portal, fellas, you better buckle up because Monday it becomes real. You're already seeing names go in. You're going to see a ton more go in uh, over the weekend, and then obviously the undergrads are able to move on the 5th. So it's, uh, it's about to get real wonky real quick.
0: Yes, sir. You already know that, and we're so, so excited. And it's just going to be a real good time. I've felt just a big rejuvenation of the Auburn football program and Jake, the first question we ask all of our guests is, "How did you get your start in media?"
2: Oh man, well, well, my story is crazy. Uh, I'm from Auburn, went to Opelika High School, uh, ended up coaching college football for nine years, six to the Division One level, and during the pandemic, uh, was just messing around trying to waste time before we had to go back up to Montana where I was coaching, and started a show called The Jay Boy Show, just messing around, like I said, and it got really big really quickly. We ended up doing a a six-month deal with Colin Cowherd in the volume, and we're in the middle of renegotiating that. And Ben Shapiro reached out to me, so we now do – I'm only two years into it. So we we only do uh, the sports show for the Daily Wire for Ben Shapiro. I I know a lot of you out there know who that is. Some of you probably really like him. Some of you probably really dislike him. Uh, But, you know, we talk sports on our show sometimes, obviously. Politics do touch sports with the Leah Thomas thing, with NIL and situations like that. But, yeah, man, you can find us on YouTube, C-R-A-I-N, and company. And uh, if you like kind of the, the sports bar vibe with people that actually have real you know life knowledge about the sports they're covering, I think you'll like the show.
1: So, Jake, well, uh, I saw your take the other day, your uh, Jake's take on uh, Twitter, but Hugh Freeze is now the head coach of the Auburn Tigers. What was your reaction to the hire, and what is your thoughts on it?
2: I, I think it's a great hire. I mean, when, this, when Brian Harsin was fired, Uh, Hugh Freeze was number one on my list all the way through. Uh, The Lane Kiffin smoke was real. I think Lane would have been fine. But I think when you're looking at hires like this, there's a lot of boxes that that maybe a lot of people don't understand that needed to be checked. You know, Lane Kiffin hadn't beaten Nick Saban or Kirby Smart, really hasn't won anything uh, as a head coach at the Power 5 level, even though I think he will eventually. And Lane, like I said, would have been a good fit. But Hugh Freeze, when you look at what he's done, the big games that he's won – the situations that he's been in in big games, and the ability to recruit. Lane isn't very involved in recruiting as a head coach. He's just not. He helps with the quarterbacks, and that, that's about it. Hugh Freeze is as involved as any head coach you're going to find in recruiting in all positions. And you have to have that nowadays. I mean, look at what Nick's done. Look at what Lane does. Look at what Dan Lanning does. What All, this, Sark, all these guys are heavily involved in recruiting because they realize they have to be. Another thing is, you know, Hugh, Hugh's had everything taken away. I mean, nobody out there is perfect. We've all, make, well, all made mistakes. Some mistakes are more egregious than the others. I'll give you that. But I tend to think somebody who's had everything taken away, who went from Broadway back to the local theater because of his actions off the field, I think that person is less likely to offend than somebody who's never had it taken away and has gotten away with it. So I think you have that. And then there's the hunger factor. Hugh Freeze is as hungry as any coach out there to not only resurrect his name, but but turn a a place that can win into a winner. You won't see anybody work harder than Hugh Freeze at that head coach position. That's another thing that you have to have when you're fighting, you know, Globo Jim like Auburn is right now. When you look at Alabama and then at Georgia, you have to have it. And then the ability to be innovative on offense, and evolve on offense. And I don't know if Hugh's going to call the plays. He kind of backed away from in the press conference the other day. But it's going to have a staple of what Hugh Freeze believes an offensive identity should be. Uh, So, uh, again, Gus's biggest problem was that he couldn't recruit and he wasn't evolving as an offensive mind. Hugh Freeze is not that guy. I think it's a good fit. I think it's a good hire. I think he gives Auburn a chance. And keeping Cadillac was a very smart move.
0: So... I really like that Broadway reference, by the way. I'm I'm a big fan of that sort of thing, so that made me laugh. And you alluded to it, which is actually perfect. We're going to go right into it. So after keeping Cadillac, what needs to be Freeze's next move?
2: Well, you know, in order to recruit, you have to have a staff. It's very hard to recruit and go into a parent's living room or a grandmother or grandfather or auntie or uncle's living room and be like, hey, we're going to put your son in the best position. We don't know who his position coach is right now, but we will. Just trust me. You know, it's like some people with sources. They're just, trust me, bro. It, that, that doesn't work. So you've got to put a staff together. He's bringing the D-line coach from Liberty. We've seen that. I think he's definitely going to retain Zach Etheridge, maybe Christian Robinson. Uh, but when it comes down to D.C., I think he's going to make a really hard charge at Zach Arnett from Mississippi State. I think you give T. Will a call. I think you give Jim Leonard a call. As well, from up there at Wisconsin, who was supposed to be the next head man until Luke Bickle popped his head up out of the sand up there. Uh, from an offensive coordinator standpoint, a lot of it is going to depend on how involved Hugh is. But there's some names out there, including one at Arkansas. Watch out for Kendall Bryles. So Kendall Bryles and Zach Arnett are two names to keep an eye on for the coordinator spots on each side, respectively. But the first thing you have to do is put together a staff, then you go handle business.
1: Once again, we are with Jake Crane of the Crane & Company podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Jake Crane underscore. Next question right here. In terms of quarterback, there's been a lot of talk about Hugh Freeze developing quarterbacks, most notably Malik Willis when he was at Liberty. So can you see Hugh – do you see Hugh Freeze bringing in a transfer portal quarterback or maybe developing a quarterback that's already on the staff like a Robbie Ashford who he alluded to in his press conference has those Malik Willis qualities or maybe someone else we didn't really think of. Maybe like a Zach Calzada who by sources are saying that he probably will return to compete for a starting job.
2: Well, you know, he got Hugh Freeze got Bo Wallace to beat Bama. I think that wins you an infinity stone in some realms, just not this one. So, look, that, the quarterback pedigree, we, we've seen what he's done. That, that's not a question. I think if you look, uh, there's an old saying in coaching, if you can do it once, you can do it again. And the way that Robbie Ashford threw the ball against Alabama, if he can just be decent throwing the ball, you don't have to be Joe Montana or Drew Brees. You just have to be good enough because he is an elite runner of the ball. Him and Jaden Daniels and some of these other guys can not only be effective with their legs, they can not only be a threat with their legs, but they can score from 90 yards out with their legs. That, that, is, what, that is what will open up so much more in the pass game from the quick game to the intermediate game to your third-layer deep ball, nine-route post, poco stuff like that, post-wheel, Uh, things of that nature, and Robbie Ashford showed you a glimpse. And in reality, if Robbie Ashford can be just decent throwing the ball, he fits perfectly into what Hugh Freeze wants to do offensively with that three-man surface method, which is basically the RPO, being being able to affect three different layers and three different levels and three different places of the defense all at the same time. Zach Calzada staying. I don't see how Zach Calzada is going to be the starter at Auburn. I mean, you've already robbed us blind for a year already. You might as well stay and milk it for as much as possible. But Holden Gariner, depending on how well he runs, I think you could see him make a jump. Nothing would shock me in the portal. But you've got to go out and get offensive linemen as well. We've already seen Auburn offer a Rhode Island offensive lineman, an FCS guy that graded out really well this year. He puts a couple pounds of weight on in the summer. uh, and, And in the spring, if he comes, going into the fall, he is an NFL prototype type of player. You've got to go handle it up front. If you bring in a transfer quarterback, that's fine. There's a ton of them in the portal right now, but they've got to be a fit to what you do, and I think that involves having a guy that can use his legs effectively. I would have Robbie Ashford, the leader in the clubhouse right now, because he did show growth, and Hugh is the quarterback whisperer.
0: So, Jake, do you have any recruits in mind that Hugh Freeze should contact ASAP?
2: Well, everyone you're in the running for. I, I mean, you, here's the thing that Hugh Freeze brings, and I've talked about this on the show, because there's underlying value in knowing the lay of the land. Hugh Freeze knows where he, where Auburn can go right now and actually have a chance to get kids. It's not just about knowing where to go to get kids. It's about knowing where not to go and waste your time, because especially when you're building the parachute on the way down, When signing period is in December, you just got hired at the end of November. You have to really be efficient on where you're going. Now, what you're going to see is that Auburn is going to be very heavy, most likely, in the transfer portal this year because you have to be. Going forward, you want a good mix, just like anything. You want to be efficient in the transfer portal to be able to plug up holes in the boat, but you don't want to build the whole ship out of transfers. You want to develop guys, especially up front. That's what costs Gus on the offensive line. So it's not only about knowing where to go, it's about knowing where not to go and reaching out to the kids you have a chance to. But you've got to build this thing from the inside out, from the offensive line, from the defensive line out, because that's where the game is won and lost, and you build the rest around it.
1: This will probably be our last question, but, Jake, coming from your perspective, what will be seen as a year one success for Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers?
2: Well, obviously no off-the-field BS, which I don't think you're going to get you do get Alabama and Georgia at home. Now, your first three weeks in the SEC is a gauntlet. You go to A&M, you get Georgia at home, and then you go to LSU. That's not going to be a ton of fun for those first three weeks. But I think anywhere 8-4, and 7-5 and five bottom, but 8-4 and four and up, which I think is very doable with that schedule, Auburn fans will be happy. And don't be surprised if you free sneak somebody or a couple people in big games at home.
1: Well, Jake, we want to thank you for coming on, man. It's been a great time. You, this is a great interview. We'd love to have you back on again later on in the year, but we appreciate you taking time out of your day to just talk with some student media people here in Auburn, so we appreciate that.
2: Hey, I, I tell you what, guys, I'm always down to come on. I think you all do a really good job. And to all the young people out there listening, I got a little advice for you. Think for yourself. If you think for yourself, you're going to go a lot further than just going with what's cool or what, going with what everybody else thinks. That's what's going to separate you. So I appreciate it, guys. Anything I can ever do to help, let me know, and I'm always down to come on.
1: Thank you so much, Jake.
2: Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys.
1: That was Jake Crane of the Crane & Company podcast. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Jake Crane underscore or Crane & Company on YouTube. Their show is at 630 a.m. Central every single day. That was a really great interview, Daniel.
0: Yes, it was. Uh, I love Jake, and I had a great time talking with him, getting to know him a little bit. Yeah, maybe we'll get him back on soon. But now it is time to
1: head to break. After when we come back, we're wrapping up really main for the college football, wrapping up the college football year since we're not gonna be back here. This is our last show, Daniel, before break.
0: Oh no, next week? Oh, you're heading home. Yeah, I'm probably. heading home. Oh, yeah. Man. So
1: we're wrapping up college football. We'll give some of our final takes on that, but don't go anywhere. This is the Eagles Nest on Weagle ninety one point one FM. And welcome back into the Eagle's Nest, everybody. Once again, you're hanging out with Daniel Locke. I'm Griggs Blankberg. Last segment, we talked about Hugh Freeze being hired as the Auburn head football coach with Jake Crane of the Crane & Company podcast. But now it is time for to just go into the college football week 13 of last week, so rivalry week. So we'll recap what all went down last week. And there were some surprises, Daniel, and then some that were just pretty expected all the way through. Yeah, um, Auburn had a good few minutes. Hey, we had the lead at one point.
0: Yeah, they, they
1: scored first. They scored first. However, they did not score more. They almost won the second half. Almost. Almost. Um but yeah, let's we can start off with that one a little bit. Auburn 27, number seven, Alabama 49. Alabama now goes to 10 and 2. Auburn's at 5 and 7, and Alabama's moved up to number six in the college football playoff rankings behind Ohio State, TCU in fourth, or no, USC in fourth, TCU third, Michigan second, and Alabama. Georgia won.
0: Yeah, and Bryce Young threw for 343 yards in that game. He's going to look great usher. on the Panthers next year. <laughs> Please, he's going to New Orleans. No nah, um, he's going to need to go to the Eagles then. <laughs> <laughs> Jarquez Hunter ran for 134 yards, and Jermaine Burton was the game's leading receiver for 87 yards. But while we're here with Jermaine Burton, he entered the transfer portal. Hugh Freeze, make a, make a call. He entered the transporter already for Alabama. Yep. Or he's he's laid his out. He said his intent to. Oh,
1: ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my thing is with main the main points we we have the mindset really thinking that probably Tank Bigsby is going to go pro.
0: Yeah. So that was a Same good with Derek Hall and Papo. Mm-hmm.
1: So that was kind of a good um, end off game for Jarquez because now we just pick up right where we left off and then Demari Austin's also pretty good as well. But now that Hunter's said. I see from Hunter's performance in this game, okay, we're losing Tank, but that shouldn't be too much of a burden. We can still we – we run. We move. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, kind of what Jake was going off in the last segment, if Robbie can just get some of those throws down, like do some of the throws that he did in the Alabama game next year, we could be looking at a very different football program.
0: I agree, Griggs. I, th- I think that this Auburn thing is not as far away as people think. Um. Very, very close, I think, to really getting back where Auburn fans expect.
1: Last thing I'll say about this. Remember, good teams win, great teams cover.
0: Alabama didn't cover. Perfect
1: teams push. Yes. We, per- we push. We move.
0: We did. They, they never quit. They never quit. Anyone can say anything they want about that game. You cannot say that Auburn ever quit.
1: After the Arkansas game, I don't think Auburn really faltered at all. I mean, especially especially in that Mississippi State game, where you're down that much. I mean, I turned it off. I was working studio for volleyball that night. I'm like, okay, there's no reason for me to watch this. It's already over. And then they just kind of, they come back. Granted, they didn't win, but they showed fight. And that's where I noticed, this team's not going down without a fight. And then they showed it the next week when they beat A&M and Jordan-Hare, where it was probably one of the most rowdy atmospheres I've been in. And we've been in a yeah. top 15 battle between Ole Miss know, and Auburn. And
0: both teams were 3-6. and six. And like you said in the press conference, you would have thought that game would send Auburn to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. You would yeah. have thought that was the Iron Bowl.
1: I mean, we were on the field. It was going great. It was just incredible how that those last four games were. You went 500 in them, but you had a good fight in them.
0: I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this team.
1: Um, moving on now, let's just go through some of the rivalry games from last week. Uh, Georgia Tech was in it for a little bit. They They really fought. Like they really did good, and then Georgia just pulled away in the second half. But hey, if you're you're only down three points at half in Sanford Stadium, tip of the cap to Georgia Tech on that one.
0: Yeah, they are. They really gave it their all.
1: Um, probably the I would. It's a surprise to me, but it was this much. I thought it was going to be a game, but we're talking about the game number three, Michigan forty-five, number two, Ohio State twenty-three. The Wolverines beat the Buckeyes by twenty-two in the shoe for the first time, winning since I believe. Two thousand, so that's before both of us were born, Daniel.
0: Yeah, uh, I was covering the Iron Bowl, but in the press conference or in the press box for the game, this one was on, so I was eating, I was watching it, and I was like, "Man, I'm, pr- I'm pretty surprised how like Michigan's really seems to be dominating."
1: I was uh, playing uh, golf during this one. At the end, I was leaving the course at like the start of the fourth quarter. I'm like, "Oh, it's okay." So Michigan has a little bit of a lead; it's not too much. And then Michigan goes on to score twenty-one points in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah. This Michigan team, I think they're legit.
1: My question is who's going to match up with them if they went. Well, let's let's just say for, it's on, it's not on our pick em because was, I didn't think it was going to be a game. I think Michigan's going to beat Purdue. Sorry, my cousin Finn, who goes to Purdue. But
0: yeah, Finn, you beat Indiana last week.
1: But my question with Michigan is they're not having to match up with Georgia, who they got destroyed by last year. Who's going to match up in that third spot? Would it be better for them to match up with a USC or a TCU? Hmm,
0: That's actually tough. I'm gonna say TCU. I think.
1: I think TCU as well. I think USC may be able to give a little bit of fight to Georgia more sure. than it has been in the one and four playoff games in the past couple of years. Because let's be honest, there's been like what two good semifinal games I can remember. I remember the, I think Ohio State Alabama first year, yes, and then uh, Alabama
0: Clemson from what I, No. that was
1: the championship I think right.
0: Uh, they played in the semifinals one time. Her,
1: Clemson Ohio State in the semifinals one was, that that was a good time, good. and then the other the best one I think all time is was um. Georgia, Oklahoma, and the Rose Bowl.
0: Yes, that was really good.
1: But other than that, it's just been... I just want some good semifinal games this Nothing year. Nothing
0: will be worse than 2020. No. And 2021. No.
1: They just need to build those semifinals up. Like, they need a good year before they're going to 12, it seems like, next year. Yeah. They need a good, good year of those semifinals to show, like, okay, we can we can build off this. We can... Mm. It, not everyone... We don't build up all this hype for it just to be a blowout and then just tune in the National Championship game two weeks later.
0: Right, right. I agree.
1: Um... Surprise at Kyle Field, A&M beats LSU 38-23, ruining LSU's chance to be the first ever two-loss playoff team.
0: I was joking to my uh, friend Will. We were watching this game after the Iron Bowl at his place, and I just – whoever is supposed to win this game never wins it. Because if you remember last year, A&M was kind of on the fringe, like top mm-hmm. 15 team, Coach O's last game, and then you know LSU runs away with it. And then this year – LSU has so much to play for. The wheels have completely fallen off for the Aggies. Yet they pull out a 38 to 23 win.
1: Do you think that gives Jimbo an extra year now? Yeah, I think it will too. But extend Jimbo, <laughs> please. But yeah, I remember the remember like the high scoring game in college history or something like that. It was those yeah, two. Yeah, the
0: seven overtime.
1: That's the the one that changed all the overtime rules. Yeah. Um, close one year near the end in uh, California. Number 15 Notre Dame 27 USC six.
0: Yes. Hold on, let me... Almost there. We'll just
1: do Championship Week next segment, so just we can t- continue to talk about this one.
0: On, I'm trying to find it here on my ESPN.
1: Is Oh, no, not already.
0: There it is. So, as in you, Notre Dame-USC, right? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I didn't start talking about the wrong game. You know, as a Notre Dame fan, I was—I've been impressed all year, <clears throat> excuse me, with the way they were able to rebound after obviously an embarrassing loss to Marshall in Week Two. Then you go on the road to play your arguably your biggest rival, like you mentioned. Notre Dame has so many weird football only rivalries; it's kind of hard to keep track of who they. It is hard. They have the they have like
1: five year opponents that they play each and every year. That's like right. something like, yeah.
0: But I, as a fan of the team, I would say USC is the one I dislike the most but um, to be competitive with them as a team that has a very real chance of playing in the college football playoff, and Drew Pine, 23 of 26, 318 yards, three touchdowns, and only one interception, I have to say I was impressed because Drew Pine really did not start well. Everyone's seen that viral video of Tommy Reese absolutely chewing him out on the phone. Mm -hmm. And just the way he was able to rebound and get his head on straight and really lead this resurgence of Irish football this season, I'm impressed.
1: Yeah, I think this is good because if Marcus Freeman would have gone, like, what? We'll say 7-5, 6-6, 5-7, and the six six, yeah. very strict, very tight leash next year. Oh, I agree. Even 8-4, I mean, I don't. will they get to a New Year's Six Bowl? We don't know, but Notre Dame... Ha- I'd yeah, say p-
0: no just because they don't have a conference championship to go with.
1: If they were, though, I'd say he'd have to win that to make sure the leash isn't too tight going into next year. Because yeah. Notre Dame's eight, whatever, eight loss straight in New Year's Six Bowls, they, he's got to find a way to... Take that. Especially after last year's one. Right. Right. Um, a shock in the Palmetto, battle for the Palmetto's trophy. The South Carolina Gamecocks take down the number eight Clemson Tigers, 31-30, to uh, ruining Clemson's, I believe, 37 or 38 straight home win streak, with Spencer Rattler going 25 for 39, 360 yards, and two touchdowns.
0: How about the Gamecocks, man? Pulling off two big
1: upsets two weeks in a row. And the Orange teams.
0: Exactly. Because I remember you saying last year when you went to the Auburn-South Carolina game, they were chanting, we want Clemson. And then the next week they got smacked by Clemson. I thought
1: that was the best chance they had. And then they get blanked at home.
0: Right. But this year, they beat Tennessee. They do the we want Clemson stuff again. And then they go on the road and beat Clemson.
1: My friend uh is in a frat there at Clemson. He said they booked a DJ for the after party, and Ooh. yeah, not he, t- he was calling me on my ride back to Auburn, He was like, yeah, not fun.
0: Man, he should have us up.
1: That'd be v- didn't Auburn and Clemson used to play all the time?
0: Yeah, like in the early 2010s, they played a ton. They had a home and home, and I believe 2009. I remember 2010. that 2010. I, I
1: remember like the more recently, like what was it, 2018? There, there's a like long that.
0: history, I promise you. In 2012, they played in the Chick-fil-A kickoff in Atlanta. And then in 2016 and 2017, they had another home. Adult.
1: That's what I remembered, yeah. yeah. Um, a shock in Corvallis. Hey, something actually happened in Corvallis that was – they actually won in Corvallis. Flashbacks. Uh, yeah. um, number 9, Oregon falls to number 21, Oregon State, 38-34, to ruining Oregon's chances of competing for the Pac-12 championship. You see the story about how some booster for Oregon bought a – corner suite in Allegiant Stadium thinking Oregon was going to be there buying it at halftime.
0: That's hilarious. Or,
1: no, buying it in the third quarter after they had scored 17 points.
0: That's, yeah. That's
1: funny. But what a downturn it's been for Oregon. Everyone's like, maybe they can do it. They only have their one loss to Georgia, and then they lose to, what was it, Washington, and then they lose to Oregon State? Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's funny. Um, Halfway through the third quarter, Oregon had a 98 – or, no, 97.5% chance of winning. Hmm. Huh. I know another time a team at Bo Nix on the roster had a high chance of winning late in the game. You watch it. <laughs> I'm
1: kidding. Um, Other stuff I'm looking at right now. Let's see if there's any. Un- All right, Daniel, last time this year. Do you want to do it? <laughs> I'm letting you do it, Daniel. I'm, ha- I'm in a good mood today. However, All right. I- let me see if I can find They don't it. have a game this week, but.
0: Gosh, where is it? Come on, ESPN. Organize your stuff.
1: I have it if you want to look at it.
0: There it is. So unfortunately, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights traveled down to College Park, Maryland, to take on University of Maryland Turpins and got blanked thirty-seven to nothing. Just a brutal end to a brutal season. One and eight in conference play. Four and eight overall. Uh, the Scarlet Knights will not get a bull bid this year. However, the future is still bright. Wimsat will be coming back. So will Minogty and Lengen. So I really think that this team, all right, I can't do it anymore. In case anyone that listens to this show is just completely out of it, this has been a bit all year, and this is quite possibly one of the worst college football teams I've ever laid my eyes on.
1: The funny part about it is, too, the only time you like said that Rutgers didn't have a chance or something like that was versus Indiana, <laughs> and then Indiana wins. And every other game we've talked about start, since we started this bit, they've lost.
0: Yeah, and speaking of Indiana losing, the Big Ten West, Champion,
1: yeah, yeah, Big Ten West champion. The Big now. Ten West champion. Unfortunately, the
0: Boilermakers will be taking on the Michigan Wolverines, and well, I know we're talking about that next, but that's going to be something. That's going to be something. And speaking
1: of that next, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. But when we come back, we're talking championship week preview, and some maybe me and Daniel's picks for who should win some college football awards this season. Don't go anywhere. This is the Eagles Nest on Weagle ninety one
0: point one FM. Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke, alongside me today, and as always, Gregs Blankenberg. We've had a great show so far. We opened up with a conversation with Jake Crane. We kind of talked about the Hugh Freeze hire, and then we recapped Rivalry Week, and now we're going to preview Conference Championship Week, and there's a lot here. So I think we just start you know, t- uh, tomorrow night, or really tomorrow afternoon.
1: That's not the conference championship, but yeah, this is an important oh. game for Auburn, though, because Auburn could still technically make a bowl game if Buffalo, who is right now currently five and seven, loses to Akron. Granted, Akron I believe is like one and nine. Gosh,
0: Akron's horrible. But Two yeah. and nine. Two and nine. Let's Two go. and nine.
1: Two and nine. Hey, that's better than we thought.
0: Hey, their quarterback has more passing yards than our quarterback.
1: That's not saying too too much, <laughs> but. Let's get yeah, you're right. So tomorrow night is the first conference championship. It is the uh C uh what is it? Conference USA Championship, North yes. Texas at UTSA in the Alamo Dome tomorrow night. UTSA that they were the team the shocker of last year. They went undefeated, I think, almost all the way through until mm-hmm. I think the last two weeks of the season. But this North Texas team led by that, I think what, twenty eight year old quarterback?
2: Oon,
0: yeah. He's old.
1: He is old. That's gonna be an interesting one, especially for if someone can like that can push into one of the higher up bowls for one of the not the near six group of five bid, but highest bowl you can probably get for like a group of five,
0: yeah, like your your Birmingham bowl or something like that, or I think they can do a little better than Birmingham, I think I probably.
1: don't know, probably. Uh, the big one tomorrow uh, is tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, though, is on Fox at 7 p.m. Central. It is the number 11 Utah Utes taking on the number four ranked USC Trojans. That's at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's in who you got, but USC's got everything to play for. Utah's got nothing to lose. Yeah, I think what the what's on the line here is loser would probably if Utah were to win, they'd probably go to the Rose Bowl. That's mm-hmm. probably it. They lose, I don't know. Who would who would they send in the Pac-12 to go to the Rose Bowl if USC wins and goes to the playoff? Oregon,
0: the, that'd be my guess.
1: Is there anyone else that could even have a chance? I don't UCLA, think so. no, no, no. They wouldn't play it. No. Even though my dad went to go see Illinois play UCLA in the Rose Bowl one time, and if you don't remember, people UCLA's home stadium is the Rose Bowl.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Like my parents, um, both are Alabama uh, alum. They went and saw Alabama play in the Rose Bowl, not the Rose Bowl game, but UCLA in the Rose Bowl the year my sister was born. Hmm.
1: I want to go. I want to go to the Rose Bowl when we play UCLA in, what is it like twenty twenty six?
0: Uh, something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, starting off twenty eight. Twenty eight. Okay. Because we have Cal for two years, then Baylor for two years, then then Miami. Then Miami. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I culture Ball's crazy like that. Well, they'll do that scheduled I so far. I love mean, home and home. I wonder how that's if that's going to either change anyway. Well, not this cup next season series with Cal. Or the ones in the future with Texas and Oklahoma joining. I feel like that might do something to that. I think you're right. Moving on now to Saturday, the first game of the day, 11 a.m. ABC. I won't be watching it. I'll be watching the U.S. Men's National Team game, but it is the number 10 ranked Kansas State Wildcats taking on the number three ranked TCU Horn Frogs in Jerry's World in Arlington, Texas, AT&T Stadium. Who you got as well? Again, another situation where TCU's playing for everything. Kansas State really got nothing to lose.
0: Yeah, a very low-pressure situation for the Wildcats. Uh, It is indirectly a home game for TCU because they're there in Fort Worth, which is actually where the stadium is located. Um, Because, you know, a lot of times stadiums will be located outside of the bigger part. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically a home game for TCU. So there will be – (laughs) well, I was going to say there's going to be a lot of purple, but then I looked at Kansas State's logo and remember there's going to be a lot of purple. There's going to be a
1: lot of purple either way. It might be hard to – Defer on TV, but the question now just remains: If TCU loses the game, since they're twelve and zero, can do you see them dropping out of the playoff? And if they lose a let's say if they um, lose a close game to Kansas State, if was, they
0: lose a close game, no, because how many how many one loss Power Five teams are there? Not many. It's like Ohio State, right? So I think that is I think they're pretty much in, and unless like you say, if they get stomped, then no. But if they lose by if it's a one score game, I think they're still in.
1: Kansas State's been known to blow some teams out this year. I mean, they beat number nine Oklahoma State forty eight to nothing. So I mean, did they already I feel like they already played this year.
0: since they're all in uh, the same thing.
1: They have not played this. Oh, they did play this year. Kansas, they played Kansas State at home 38 28 in favor of the Horn Frogs. So it's hard to beat a team twice, Daniel. Correct. That was a nice yawn. Yep. <laughs> Only one of the show today. Um, moving on now, the Mac Championship, Toledo at Oh. Toledo versus Ohio in Ford Field. You can get in this one, Daniel, for $4. 4 American dollars.
0: Goodness, that's...
1: Four Washingtons.
0: I wonder how many uh, people are going to be heading to this one.
1: I mean, I, I would if it wasn't at 11 a.m.
0: Yeah, I like Detroit. I, th-
1: I don't know who to go for in this one.
0: I I don't either. I think
1: I have a friend on the Ohio like student a support staff. He was in like a Wake Forest thing with me back in the day. That's cool. So... I'll roll with the Bobcats.
0: Why not, right?
1: Uh, Valparaiso at New Mexico State. What
0: championship is this? Um, uh, is
1: it that time of the show again?
0: Almost. No, it's working. It's working. I'm just, I don't know where to look.
1: I don't know if this is a championship. I'm just a vivid I actually don't think this is a championship because they're both 5 and 6. They might have had to make up that one.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is just kind of a whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, this one is not though the uh um uh, the Sun Belt the Fun Belt Championship Coastal Carolina at Troy at Veterans Memorial Stadium in Troy Alabama our friend Will was very invested in this game or er, in the Troy football game when we were at the Western Kentucky game and right now the Troy Trojans ten and two and the North Coastal Carolina Santa Claire's nine and two remember it is not ten and two because they had their matchup with Virginia canceled due to the passing of the three Virginia football players so. This will be the first time I think, or they played last week. I think the Santa Claire's did so, mm-hmm. and they lost forty-seven to seven to JMU, who should be in this game, but this is their first year in FBS level. Granted, they are not able to be a, in the conference championship.
0: I forgot about that. I hate that rule. Mm-hmm. I um, do Sort of like the basketball team last year. I can't remember who it was, but they won their conference championship, but were unable to. Go I think to it was Bellarmine, team. right? Yes.
1: Yes, it was Bellarmine. I was listening to a college basketball podcast from last year. On the way back to Auburn, but it's weird. Troy's taking the spot of most notably App State usually. Right, that was weird. Especially since App State beat them on the Hail Mary, which yeah. we want to talk about. A team that what that's got a sting. App State six and six, not eligible for a bowl because two of their wins were against FCS opponents. Only one win can count towards that total.
0: Huh, One something new every day. I didn't know that. But th- like this Coastal Carolina team over the past few years has become a perennial powerhouse in the Sun Belt. I remember in 2020, they um, when they were ranked 13th in the country, they played against Troy um, in just a regular season game towards the end of the year. I went to that with my friend Will, who uh, goes to Alabama, just because we were like, hey, good col- best college football game in the state today, so we decided to drive down, and it was a good time.
1: Yeah, Coastal Carolina. Jeremy Chatwell, I think, should get a look at a job. Maybe not this year, maybe next year, but he's definitely done a great – I mean, if you can get Coastal Carolina to be like a top 15 program, you deserve your, you deserve your flowers from that.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Especially since they're still a newer team to the FBS. Most of these teams in the Sun Belt are, mm-hmm. really. Um, the big one down in Atlanta, it was going to be a big one until a and decided to ruin the fun. Number 14, LSU taking on the Georgia Bulldogs, number one in the nation. 3 p.m. CBS in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the ATL. Getting this one for $129. I don't think the result will sway. The The only thing, Georgia can move down to, what, third? Yeah. If they lose this? I, I Yeah, they're not dropping out at this point. No,
0: and the big thing here for me is we're going to find out how good of a coach Brian Kelly really is. Mm-hmm. We're going to see if he can get them up for this game and see if they can get it close I feel like a reasonable result for LSU would be lose by ten or less. I definitely think they can cover their end of the seventeen and a half point spread, but I just I don't see them winning. I just can't
1: really either. Uh, UCF at Tulane in Yulman Stadium in New Orleans, Louisiana for I believe what is it the American Championship? Yes. Yeah. Three p.m. at ABC. You can get this one for twenty dollars. I think didn't UCF recently just beat them?
0: Um. Yeah, they played.
1: Wait, they played a while ago. Why did I think recently?
0: It, it, it was recent. I was it thinking was...
1: USF, cause same colors.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple weeks ago.
1: It was no. Oh yeah, November twelfth. Tulane fell to UCF thirty-eight to thirty-one. Um, but then to uh UCF went on to lose to Navy. It's not really a good sign in your schedule when you lose to one of those service academies when you know basically eighty percent of their plays are gonna be running the ball.
0: I mean, it's just a very Gus Malzahn esque thing that happened. <laughs> like that's the best way I can put it.
1: No, I get you. And then then they lose to East Carolina too. Uh, correct. Ye- yeesh. Um, Fresno State at Boise State. Shout out Potato Man. Um, Three p- um I mean, usually whenever I just see Boise State, the last what fifteen years, I just pick them against yeah. these opponents because just because I grew up, Boise State was the Group of Five team. That was them.
0: And I think they'll get back there with Brian Harsin to helm.
1: <laughs> I'm mad. Has anyone ever done that before? Like, I'm sure. coach to coach to coach, like coach somewhere, go to another job, fired, go back to the same position. Probably. Probably. there has to be some example. If you know, if you see something, tweet at me and Daniel, help yes, us with that please. out. Um, we already talked about this one a little bit. Purdue at number uh, Purdue versus number two Michigan in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. Michigan's second time in a row in the Big Ten Championship. 7 p.m. on Fox. I got. I'm sorry to my cousin Finn Blankenberg. It's Michigan. It's gonna be Michigan.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of hard to believe that two years ago Jim Harbaugh had the, the um, hottest seat in college football, and now he's compete definitely going to the playoff unless they lose, which I don't think they will. I don't
1: think they're gonna. I don't think they get knocked out if they lose.
0: Ah, uh, that's true. They don't be. Unless they
1: else. get blown out by Purdue. I mean, if they lose. I think they what dropped to fourth. Yeah, I can't see them going any lower. My question is, what if Michigan and Georgia both lose? Do you put TCU at number one?
0: Sure, why not? I mean,
1: I just don't want to see Georgia and Michigan play again in the semifinal.
0: I would prefer that. or Actually, no, I'm going to disagree. I think that this Michigan team is a lot better than last year's, and I feel like Georgia's really about the same. I feel
1: like the quarterback spot for Michigan is a lot better, but losing Aiden Hutchinson on that defensive side, he's not. True. I don't remember Michigan being being in a close, close game this year besides, I think, Illinois Mm -hmm. for a little while. I might be wrong, but. Yeah, this Michigan team really has just seemed like they've not struggled this year. When Georgia had that little stretch at the beginning, but since come back to form.
0: Yeah, the other closest game they had was Iowa. and um, Or no, Maryland. They only beat Maryland by a touchdown, believe Hmm. it or not.
1: All right. In our last game of the championship week, it is number nine Clemson taking on the number twenty-three ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. Seven p.m. ABC at the Bank in Charlotte, North Carolina. Are you going to this? I will not be going to this. This is the this is the this is the, this is the ACC's attendance dream because last year when it was the most northern team in the ACC or second most northern behind BC, Pitt versus Wake Forest, the smallest school in Power Five, in the conference championship game, they had banners covering off some of the upper deck. This one. They're selling it out. This is their attendance dream because it's the home state's main team followed by the most uh, dominant team in the ACC in the past decade.
0: And a fan base that just travels well.
1: They do, yeah. So this will be this will be an interesting game. North Carolina has had some good battles with Clemson in the ACC championship game. But, yeah, we'll talk about who you got later. But, yeah, I don't think this one is going to go with the waves of the the blue, the tar heels. But real quick, Daniel, we said a little bit before we go to break, Heisman, who are you giving yours to?
0: Oh, uh, wow. Um, all year I've been saying CJ Stroud, mm-hmm. but I just I don't know at this point um, if I still feel that way or not. Who are you giving yours to? Barring a loss in the championship game,
1: I'd probably go Caleb Williams.
0: Yeah, that's valid.
1: I, I mean, I can't really say anything else because I'm not giving it to Bryce again. No. I'm, there's not really just a person. I don't know. Maybe Max Duggan can sneak in there somehow for TCU. I just don't see like I don't see a C.J. Stroud winning that now. I don't see Michigan's quarterback. I think who's it? Cade McNamara. Oh uh, yeah. Or C.J. McCartney. And then I don't. I don't think they're giving it. Def, I don't think they're going to give it to Stetson Bennett. No. So I think Caleb Williams got the best shot because remember they don't factor in your postseason performances. Right. So it's just this game and that's it. So if they if he plays a really good game versus. Um, versus uh, Utah, I think they give the, uh, the Heisman to Caleb Williams of USC.
0: All of the uh, major sports betting places have Caleb as the favorite.
1: He's the second favorite.
0: Um, it's kind of tied between Max Dugan and C.J. Stroud. Okay, that's what I was thinking. As man. Vegas Insider and FanDuel have it for Dugan, but Bet MGM and Caesars have it for Stroud. And then uh, points bet, which I've never heard of, has of getting before.
1: That was the weird random graphic they had with the queen dying, and like yes, everyone, okay, I remember the that. England that was that's points bet.
0: Gotcha. Yeah,
1: okay. but yeah, that is going to do it for our college football talk. We'll, when we come back, I think we'll have we'll have one show before the college ball playoff. I think maybe no, I don't think so. So this will probably be our last time talking a review, uh, a preview of college football. So it's been a fun season. It's our first time doing football on the show. So yes, we had a good time. Good time indeed. But when we come back. I think we're going to talk a little bit of that hockey, Daniel. Oh, There's yeah, it's, that, it's about that time. About that time for hockey. So don't go anywhere. This is the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1
0: FM. And welcome back into the Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Greg Blankenberg. We've had a great show here so far this morning. We had um, Jake Crane on to, pre- or to talk about the Hugh Freeze signing for Auburn. Then we talked about Rivalry Week then uh, Conference Championship Week, and now it is time for the NHL. Let's
1: talk, uh, as Chance the Rapper once said, Daniel, let's Let's do that that hockey. hockey.
0: We need to add that on the board.
1: We do. We have a lot of stuff for the F1 show, too, we want to add on the board, too. Um, So, now let's get kicking right off. The Eastern Conference, we will always start as we do, in the Atlantic Conference, in first place in the Atlantic, by three points over the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is the big, it's the bad, it's the Boston Bruins. Daniel, you want to take it away? Still undefeated at home, mind you.
0: Yes. The only Boston team that plays in TD Garden, Bruton's and Celtics. Uh, No one has lost in regulation yet, as the Celtics lost a a home game in overtime. But both winter sports teams in Boston still undefeated at home. You love to see it, and the Maple Leafs are a joke. They are a
1: joke. I mean, shout out Austin Matthews. Help us in the Olympics if they allow NHL players again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Boston Bruins are cooking, man. I mean, it's the becoming the Bruins and the Leafs kind of separate themselves from the pack a little bit with Tampa kind of struggling out the gate a little bit. But yeah. the Red Wings are still kind of hanging around there a little bit. Near.
0: I really hope they get back to the playoffs.
1: It's good when the original six teams are competing, as both of us are fans of original six franchises. But then again, my Ottawa Senators take that they do pr- decent this year because I'm like, they have to brink it and they have Claude Giroux. How are they struggling like they are right now? But not looking good in Ottawa right now after giving all that up to the Blackhawks for, to bring it, which maybe in the future that will pay off, but right now you're not getting a lot of early return.
0: No, and kind of in the middle of that division, like Maple Leafs and, or Bruins and Maple Leafs at the top, Lightning, Wings, Panthers rounded out in the middle, then the Canadians, Sabres, and Senators there at the bottom. But this division is very close.
1: It is, especially in those top, like, uh, NHL just seems really close to all it is because it's every game is two points. I still right. look at it as like sometimes like the opinion of like soccer, I'm like, oh, three points for a win. Mm-hmm. No, I had to learn that differently. But yeah. I yeah, it's still anyone's race. I mean, but I think if the Bruins and Leafs continue the success they have right now, especially with the Leafs a lot of the Leafs losses not being like real their overtime losses. So that could be something in the end. Yeah. Moving on now to the Metropolitan Division. Probably the most surprising thing that's happened in hockey recently. It is the New Jersey Devils, 38 points. They had a 13-game winning streak. They now have a three-game winning streak. They sit at 38 points ahead of the Islanders. Kind of a resurgence after firing Barry Trotz last year now and second in the Metropolitan with 30 points.
0: Yeah, I don't really know anyone who saw this coming. I really feel like the Devils have arrived two or three years sooner than anticipated as far as really being competitive in the NHL once again. And um, Jack Hughes is really finally kind of starting to meet up to the hype. So I'm interested to see if this is uh, a sustainable thing for them. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see that too. I mean, especially with
1: everything going on in that regard. Um, Other stuff in that division, I mean, you hate to see the Hurricanes. Not in in first. Oh, yeah. It's awful. They're still fighting, though. They're at 29 points. uh, Two-game win streak now, followed by the Pittsburgh Penguins, 26. The Rangers, man, they really disappoint me out at the start with my prediction I had at the beginning of the year.
0: Yeah, if it were to end today, the they'd miss the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I just can't – I just don't understand that.
0: Yeah, they looked good, like, especially towards the end of last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I thought this year they'd be leading the Metropolitan easily, but that just hasn't been the case so far, and we're about a month in. Month and, and a half, half. Month and a half in.
1: Crazy how it's already that – we're already that far into it now. Yeah. Moving on down now to the Western Conference. This one's pretty close all the way around. A lot of mid going on, coming from me as well. Um, the Dallas Stars are leading the conference by one point. They have 30 points currently, right now, followed by the Winnipeg Jets, who are at 29 points. And then the defending champion, Colorado Avalanche, is at 25 points, third in the Central. I didn't really know if I saw this coming, oh, especially, I mean, both of us picked them to repeat as champions. So.
0: Yeah, and so far the the stars are looking good, um, but I don't think stars are going to be able to hang on. And I think eventually Colorado will get it going.
1: I think especially too. I think if they could get maybe a good goalkeeper at the deadline, I think that's what they're kind of struggling with right now. Yeah, um, and then the Wild—they're kind of just middle of the pack along with the Predators and the Blues have kind of caught back up a little bit to them. Not as much as their fans would like, but yeah. Moving on down now, the Arizona Coyotes at 17 points. And in last place, really returning to form are the Chicago Blackhawks, 1-7-2 and 2 in their last 10 on an eight-game losing streak. They lost 5-4 last night to the Oilers. I mean, why do they just – both them and the Panthers, why do they just got to give me hope right off right off the jump?
0: <laughs> yeah, they looked good out of the gate, but it's kind of shaken out here, and they haven't really looked as good the last couple weeks. But – it's a long year, and they can definitely aren't too far out of it yet as they're only, s- yeah, six points away from a playoff spot.
1: I think we, yeah, right now at the season end, we'd be second for a draft pick. So, yeah. Maybe we get that Connor Bedard kid or whatever his name is. Yeah, he's good. He is very good. Um, moving on down now to the Pacific, it's the Vegas Golden Knights who are in first place with 35 points, followed by the Seattle Kraken at 31. And the Los Angeles Kings at 28 points. Uh, Farther down, we have the Edmonton Oilers, 26. Flames, 23. Canucks, 21. Sharks,
0: 20. And Ducks, 14. The Ducks are horrible. They're very, very bad. I really wanted them to be good because they're my favorite Pacific team. But they're just awful.
1: Yeah. They're just not. Like, Trevor Zargas is good, too.
0: He really is. I I think they're going to dump him at the deadline.
1: Is it is are they starting to have a curse for the NHL cover now too?
0: I'm starting to think that might be the thing.
1: Who was it last year again? Was it, it was I think Matthew wasn't Matthews two years in a row?
0: It was Matthews and Knight. And Matthews was on twenty, Ovi was on twenty one. Twenty two I think was Matthews again. Might have been.
1: Well he didn't won the MVP, so we can't really say it's a curse.
0: Remember when Messi was on the cover of FIFA for like four years in a row?
1: No, and right now Mbappe. It was, I think it's his third or fourth year on the cover really? in a row. I kid you not.
0: I hate when they do that.
1: Wow. I'm just looking at the World Cup right now. Belgium got eliminated. Wow. Really? They are one of the best teams in the world like in 2018. Just got eliminated first in the group stage. Lost a uh, tie with Croatia. Supposed to be the golden generation. We'll talk more soccer in a little bit. I am talking about the USA in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Oilers kind of middle of the pack. But, man, McDavid and... Dreisaitl are really good. We're, we're not a big Oilers fans on this podcast, if you've been listening for a while, but just not just brutal.
0: Yeah, it's bad.
1: Moving on now, let's go to the stats now. Leading the way in points, of course, is Mr. Connor McDavid at 41, followed by Jason Robinson of Dallas at 36 with Leon Dreisaitl also tied in second. Fourth is Nikita Kucherov with 35, and fifth is Pasta, David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins. Goals now. Someone has passed McDavid for goals. That's incredible. Yeah, I didn't think I'd see the day. Jason Robinson of the Dallas Stars with 19, followed by McDavid with 18. Bo Horvat for the Canucks with 17. Leon Draisaitl with 15 for the Oilers. And again, David Pasternak with 14 for the Boston Bruins. Goalies talk. Daniel Le- Linus Olmark making a very, very strong case out of the jump.
0: He is. Um, he has the best goals against average in the NHL with a 2.00, followed by Ilya Simsonov of Toronto with a 2.09. And I really, really like Olmark a lot. He really did a good job last year kind of platooning with Jeremy Swayman. And I really feel like if we can keep both of them and always have a relatively fresh goaltender in there, but leaning a little more toward towards Olmark, I feel like that's the... Recipe for success for Bruins goalkeeping for years to come.
1: Getting into hockey a little bit in 2022, it was kind of interesting to me where, like, some teams, the the goalie was the star of the team. And then some nights you just wouldn't have him play at all. Right. Which is very interesting to me coming in. I'm like, what other sport do you know that, like, sometimes the team's best player will take nights off? Well, maybe the NBA in that regards with load management or whatever they want to call that stuff. But... Yeah, it's incredible like you have the best goalie in the NHL and then like every 3 or 4 games you let him sit for a night and they're mm-hmm. still putting up results. So that's got to be nice. But then the, once they hit the playoffs, you're going every single game, really. right? Right, So yeah, I mean, he's making a great start. I mean, it's kind of been a down year for Shosturkin, who won the best goalie award last year and then he's probably been the go- best goalie in the last 5 years and um uh Andre is kind of taking a little bit off too as well, so this new era of Top goalkeeper might be coming out now, especially well. Shosturkin still very young, mm-hmm. but then you'd expect to see like Kucherov, um, not Kucherov, he's a defenseman. Um, Vagilevsky up there, yeah. But yeah, any other hockey talk comments, Daniel?
0: Uh, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, go bees as always, and I'm interested to see. Oh wait, I do have one more thing. Martin Jones, the second goaltender in terms of wins with 12 for the Seattle Kraken. I really feel like the Kraken are kind of, they've also arrived way sooner than anticipated. Mm -hmm. So if we can get both the Devils and Kraken into the playoffs this year, I'll be a very happy fan.
1: I just don't want the Oilers to make it.
0: No, if they could somehow fall off, that'd be good. Mm -hmm.
1: But that is going to do it for this first hour of the show. When we come back, we'll we'll do what we always do at the start of the second hour. We're talking about the NFL, so don't go anywhere. This is the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1
0: FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Griggs Blankenberg. It is now the second hour, or not yet. Five, four, three, two, one. And now it is the second hour of the show officially. And we're gonna kick it off with some NFL talk. As we say on the show,
1: NFL is king. Even though don't go listen we'll just say don't go listen back to our preview. No, uh, yeah. The season preview. Stay far away. Stay very far away. Week twelve. Let's run through a little bit of a recap. Starting off with Thanksgiving Turkey Day. The Bills had a. These were all really close games on Thanksgiving. I thought this was one of the best Thanksgiving slates we've had. I would agree. Bills twenty eight. Lions twenty five. Bills playing their second straight game in Ford Field. They've had the two second win in Ford Field in five days since. If you don't remember, they robbed us of the thunder snow in Buffalo. They made them play. I think the Colts. In Detroit, so the Bills win that one. They move to eight and three. Lions fall to four and seven. But I thought the Lions were in this one for a very long time.
0: Yeah, I agree. That they really, really mm-hmm. gave it their all.
1: Ma Ross St. Brown played really well for the the Detroit. Nine catches, 122 yards and on a touchdown. Couldn't do enough to stop Josh Allen throwing for 253 yards and two touchdowns, while also running for 78 yards and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, he's he's good.
1: Uh, moving on now to the Lone Star State. The Cowboys defeat the Giants 28-20 in a massive game for the in terms of the NFC uh, East with Dak Prescott, 261 yards, two touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott leading the team in rushing. That's something they've not said in a while. It's mainly been Tony Pollard, 92 yards on the touchdown, with CeeDee Lamb with 106 yards receiving.
0: I tend to not really root for the Cowboys that much just because, you know, I hate the Cowboys.
1: But <laughs> I feel like we're going to get like, some profound reason. I just hate them.
0: I, I hate the Giants a little more. So I was rooting for Dallas in this game, and I was kind of happy to see them hold on and beat the Giants.
1: I don't know. I had a weird stretch in my childhood where I was like a Cowboys fan for like a year and a half. My favorite player was like the punter. It was weird. You don't need to talk what? about it. I don't know. It was really <laughs> random. And then I also liked the Lakers for like a, a year because like, I got like a Build-A-Bear with a Lakers shirt on it.
0: I like the Lakers, too, just because I would use them in uh, NBA 2K09, I think. Kobe Bryant was on the cover.
1: I remember that. Yeah, and then the, um, yeah, I don't really care who won. Eh. I don't really like any of the teams in the NFC, so if I'm going to be frank with you. Yeah. I mean, I could care less about the Commanders, but, like, they're never really doing anything. No. Moving on now to the last game, the Vikings. In a primetime game, Kirk Cousins won a primetime game. Can't Camp- no, the, ladies and gentlemen listening right now, we are not lying right now. Kirk Cousins won a primetime game versus the New England Patriots. Final score, 33-26. After getting destroyed by the Cowboys in the last game, I think they scored three points in that one. They beat the uh the Patriots 33-26. Mac Jones played pretty well, though, 382 yards, two touchdowns. But Justin Jefferson once again proved he has that dude in him, as we say on this show. Three, nine catches, 139 yards, and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I was – very, very disappointed. Uh, for those who, who do not know, the Patriots are my second favorite team. They're my AFC team, so I was really, really rooting them on in this one, and was let down.
1: I mean, I thought Kirk Cousins was going to lose this because it was, again, as we say, it's not—it wasn't a new game. Yeah, it was a night game. Crazy. Speaking of crazy things I didn't expect to happen, the Panthers defeated the Broncos in a game probably less than a hundred people watched over the air. Twenty three ten. For some some reason, how somehow some way, the Panthers have a better record than the Broncos, who were projected to finish second in the NFC and the AFC West, and who's pick now belongs to Seattle. So Seattle is just counting, laughing a lot right now.
0: Yeah, they really fleeced this trade. They really, really did.
1: Could this go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history? Oh, for sure. I think like, you have to. I think you have to wait till next year to officially yeah, give you it do. that margin. You do. But
0: maybe even the year after, but it, it definitely has that potential.
1: I mean, you have all that skill. I mean, their defense is really, really good. They have like Jerry they have like Jerry Judy and stuff on the other side of the ball too. It's just Yeah. <sighs> Broncos country is not riding right now with Nathaniel Hackett or Russell Wilson. No. And speaking of Nathaniel Hackett, I listened to him, he was on a podcast listening to part of my take beginning of the year. And like he seemed like a nice he thought he was a good coach. He was like Aaron Rodgers offensive coordinator and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just don't. I don't know. Do they get rid of him after one year? I mean, it's pretty bad right now.
0: I don't hack it. Yeah. Um. I don't really know who they would try to get to replace him. I mean, you could do what every other bad NFL team's doing and making a play for Sean Payton. But I don't know. It's
1: weird. It is weird. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Same Darnold, You see the one where he fumbled the ball and rolled into the end zone with it. Yeah, it was hilarious. That was very, very, very funny. So there's that. Moving on down now, the Browns beat the Buccaneers, proving the NFC South is the most random division in football this year. And Jacoby Brissett's last game is presumably as the starter, this is the Sean Watson week. He's back, so he gets he goes away with a win now, and that'll probably secure him a backup job for a long time this league.
0: Yeah, um, I'm really glad that Anthony Schwartz is balling out for the Browns. You know, the Auburn guy. However, I really just – I can't stand with Watson. Um, so Remember when I
1: was pushing very heavily for the Panthers to get Watson?
0: Are you glad that that didn't transpire?
1: Yes, after he yeah. missed all this time, yes. He wasn't worth that many picks. Um, moving on down farther, some mid-games were passing over. Um, Bears-Jets. Man, we got robbed of a Nathan Peterman game. 31-10 in favor of the Jets.
0: The Bears are just horrible.
1: Mike, well, I will give the Bears fans the benefit of the doubt. Justin Fields did not play. However, Mike White, 200, uh, 22 for 28, 315 yards and three touchdowns.
0: Mike White just looks and sounds like just an auto-generated guy on Madden. He
1: had, like, one game last year where he, like, balled out. Like, I remember it was, that. It was, like, I think week eight because I see in memes all the time. Was, like, Jets fans, like, the me- verbal meme was, like, the guy saying, stop giving me your toughest battles, and I think it was, like, I think think it was Jesus, and he's like, I gave you week eight, Mike White. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, Bears, not good. Jets, they're frisky. We'll say they're frisky.
0: Yeah, that's a good word for it.
1: Moving on down now to Ral John, Maryland. The Commanders beat the Falcons 19-13. to The Commanders are 7-5, and if the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs. They would be the seventh seed traveling to the number two seed, Minnesota Vikings. Ugh. Every single NFC East team would make the playoffs.
0: No, that's just not right. That doesn't feel right.
1: Yeah, just they gotta find. They're so it's gonna the NFC East is gonna end up getting like what two teams in. So they gotta find a way to mess up eventually.
0: Oh, for sure, got to.
1: Um, Ravens, Jaguars, Jaguars beat the Ravens after the uh, Jaguars score touchdown and decide to go for two, take the lead, and then Justin Tucker misses a sixty-seven yard field goal.
0: This was probably my favorite game of the week, but it just says a lot when you have the trust to send your kicker out there for a 67-yarder.
1: And we we were talking about the other day what Lamar said after this game to a fan, like saying you need that money, but you have to send Justin Tucker out in the game. I mean, he worded it wrong, but I mean, was he really, really that wrong though? No, no, because the Ravens have blown I think what is their third or fourth fourth quarter lead they've blown, especially to a team like the Jaguars. We're still in a rebuilding phase, and then. You can't get a win versus the Jaguars. Just not good for that. No. But Justin Tucker's just so good. Where They sent him out to tie his career long, which is the NFL record, mind you. Mm-hmm. It's straight as can be. It just falls a little short.
0: It would have been good from 66.
1: It would have been good, yeah. Uh, moving on down now, to continue our trend of me saying the Char- Cardinals are the worst home team in the league, the Chargers defeat the Cardinals 25-24. to the Cardinals have yet to win a game since Call of Duty has dropped. I granted the w- first week it came out, he did not play. He's not playing a couple games, Calamary, but or actually they did beat the Rams, but Calamari didn't play in it. Yeah. However, I will say I believe it is starting to look like the end for Mr. Cliff Kingsbury.
0: He is one of the worst coaches I've ever seen in my life. He's the coach that
1: starts out well like every single year. Like last year they were like what? They were like, what, ten and oh? They were the last undefeated team in the league. Mm-hmm. And then they just Collapsed after that They made the playoffs But they collapsed Yeah I don't know Um, This week's boring NFL So we're taking Our time on this one Um, Chiefs are still Very good Very quick thoughts Raiders Continue to be One of the more Frisky Under 500 teams I've ever seen Josh Jacobs 229 yards And two touchdowns Wow You want to talk about Any of that game At Levi's Stadium Or no
0: yeah, the Saints got blanked for the first time in 20 years. That was 20 years? Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. The last two times they've gotten blanked were also about 49ers. So D- Dennis Allen has to go. Andy Dalton has to go. Andy all nice guy. Nice guy, yes. We've got to go to Sean Payton's door, beg, plead, and cry, and g- give him life-changing money <laughs> to come back. Please leave. Please leave, Fox. And then we've got to somehow get this Bryce Young draft pick. Somehow.
1: Hey, well, maybe you shouldn't. That pick to the Eagles now is just, I'm sorry, that's just brutal.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they did that.
1: Hey, but at least at least for my sake, the Eagles, if the Saints keep losing more than the Panthers, at least they can't use that pick. The, the uh Looking like the Eagles won't draft a quarterback, so shout out to the Eagles for that. Speaking of, the, speaking of the Eagles, Eagles 40, Packers 33.
0: This was a really good game. Because it's pretty rare to see a team score 40 points with their starting quarterback only threw for 153 yards. And
1: he was the leading rusher. He hit 157 yards with no touchdowns. Yeah. But then Jordan Love, remember, came in the game near the end there. He had that really, really good pass. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't find a way for the Packs to get it over the Eagles. And Eagles getting closer to wrapping up maybe that one seed, especially since they hold that tiebreaker over Minnesota.
0: And is Aaron Rodgers done for the year?
1: I don't think so. It sounded like he said he's not. I feel like he's coming back this week, he said. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh quickly, Steelers, Colts, probably one of the saddest games in NFL history.
0: I, I hated this. I hated every minute of it. The only it.
1: thing I didn't hate is the Steelers winning. They need to keep winning so the Panthers can find a way to win like two more games and still hold a very high draft
0: pick. Yeah.
1: Let's kick it now to this week for a quick couple minutes. Um Bills Patriots tonight at seven fifteen on prime video, three and a half in favor of the Buffalo Bills. This is this has probably been one of the best Thursday night games since like the, maybe the first game of the year they had was, what was Chargers Chiefs? Yeah, I think so. Be an interesting one, I think. Uh Falcons, Steelers, Ew. Yeah. Packers, Bears. Most ew I've seen this matchup be in a long, long time.
0: Maybe the Bears will finally win.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Uh Jaguars Lions. Oh my gosh. This is a bad week. Um, Jets, Vikings, ooh, this could be an an interesting one. I think this is one of our,
0: is this one of our Who You Got games? Uh, I believe so.
1: It is Uh, not, however, it's not. Jets, Vikings, the Vikings can win this one. I think they're decent. I mean, they still need some bounce back after that Dallas game, but three straight home games in a row can't hurt you. Right. Uh, Commanders, Giants, what we said, they might try to start sabotaging themselves, beating each other. So I could see them like they split the season series on that, just doesn't do anything to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Titans, Eagles, Eagles Broncos, Ravens I find, I feel like the Ravens are going to find a way to lose this one I don't know I How just feel like know? there's a way Uh, Browns, Texans first came back for Deshaun Watson Coincidentally, it is the return to Texas for him as well
0: That's perfect, I love that
1: It's going to be interesting If the 1-9 Texans beat the Browns week 1 That'd be very funny After taking all their draft picks too uh, Seahawks Rams Rams need this one to even keep any chance alive uh, Dolphins 49ers this is our best game On uh, this is on who you got as well I mean what do you think what are you leaning this way in this game what are you thinking huh. line is know. San Francisco 4 points 46.5 is the over under I don't know it's going to be close um quickly, uh Chiefs, Bengals rematch of the NFC uh, the AFC championship game last year in Cincinnati this time. Ch- Chiefs are a two point favorite. I think that's deservedly so.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs, I think.
1: Uh Chargers, Raiders.
0: Uh Chargers. Chargers.
1: Colts, Cowboys, Cowboys. Yeah. Only people who are gonna watch this game are Cowboys fans. Right. and Saints Bucks on Monday night.
0: Bucks. Bucks.
1: That is going to do it for our NFL talk there. Really boring week this week in the NFL. When we come back, what are we talking about next? We're talking a little bit of NBA. We're talking about the basketball, baby. So don't go anywhere. This is the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM.
0: And welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Grace Blankenberg. We have had a loaded show today. We're going to keep it rolling here with the National Basketball Association. Let's start off, and
1: very similar to our NHL starting off. We'll start off with the Eastern Conference, and we'll start off with the Boston team at the top. Right now the Celtics are at 18-4. and They lead the Eastern Conference two games over the Milwaukee Bucks.
0: Jason Tatum is so good. Like last night, there was royalty in the crowd, and Jason Tatum was the king because he's just that good right now. He is that good.
1: I mean, yeah, he is very, very good at this game called basketball. Shooty hoops, as some people call it sometimes. Um, Cleveland at third, four games back. Pacers, five and a half and fourth. 76ers, fifth and six points back. Six In sixth place and six back are the Hawks. Both teams, six and a half back at seven and eight are the Raptors and Nets. Seven back are the Wizards. And 10 are the next tied with the Heat at eight. And then the Chicago Bulls at eight and a half as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And then there's the Hornets, who are just bad. Very, <laughs> very, 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 very bad. Only the Hornets' best player... Only the Hornets could find a way to have their best player roll his ankle on a fan's foot sitting courtside.
0: Ouch. Yikes.
1: Michael, I love you. Maybe we should look into some other options with, I don't know, just, <laughs> I'm tired of mediocrity, man. am tired of it. I mean, I I probably just gave everything I had to win that Cubs World Series and that Blackhawks run.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably.
1: Oh, boy, just bad, 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 bad. But the bottom is what we expected to be, those three teams. I'd say.
0: I think they can claw their way up. They're not that far out of it.
1: I mean, the ten seed is literally the Hornets. Every single they they made the the playing games, so the Hornets could say they make the playoffs every year. <laughs> <laughs> um, Western Conference now the Suns are leading the the Western Conference a game ahead of everyone else. Nuggets are one game back of them. Pelicans at two games back. Grizzlies three three as well as the Clippers. At six and seven, both three and a half back are the Kings and the Jazz. You didn't expect to see both those teams anywhere near there. Warriors have kind of bounced back a little bit since we had our last show. They're four and a half back. Timberwolves, four and a half back as well, in ninth. Tenth, kind of taking a big fall. They were two and eight in their last ten, are the Portland Trailblazers, four and a half games back, as well as the Mavericks. And then it goes Thunder, Lakers, Spurs, Rockets.
0: Yeah, so. I always love seeing that the Lakers suck nowadays. <laughs> it, it's just, it, it's my favorite part of basketball right now.
1: And your favorite just, part of basketball is not your team being number one. I would, even my team being number one in November would be amazing.
0: Well, yeah, but this is just like the cherry on top. <laughs> just seeing that team and just how mad they get over little things. Like, someone yells at Russ that he sucks, and he comes out the tunnel and starts yelling back at him. It's just classless, like. Just the professional athlete in me, because, you know, I'm a professional. I'm kidding. As um, professional athletes ourselves. <laughs> like, if someone's talking tra- like, if someone talks trash to me on Twitter about something I write or something I share, I ignore it. And I'm not a professional yet. I'm not even a professional yet. So if I'm a professional athlete and someone's yelling at me that I suck and I'm so insecure to where I don't realize I don't suck and I'm just going to come back and yell at him, like, that just says a lot. And it's really, really sad, but it's pretty funny at the same time. Because I used to think of Russell Westbrook as just a real gritty, hard worker, w- would just do what it took to win. And I've just lost a lot of like love for him.
1: Did he, go, he went from Thunder to Washington to Houston, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it just really hasn't just – besides that Thunder run really right there, it just it hasn't really worked out. I mean, there's only one ball, and you got to share it with Anthony Davis and LeBron James.
0: Yeah. It seems like this team would just win, win, win.
1: Yeah, just. I don't. Yeah, Lakers are in deep trouble right now. I wonder if I don't know. LeBron's been quick to make coaching changes when things aren't going right, but this being a first year coach, I don't know. Um, team that surprised me right now. We talked about this. They were number. I think they were number two when we went to break. The Portland Trailblazers, man. Lost two of their last eight. In their last ten, they've are two and eight. They were near the top. What just went wrong with them?
0: I don't know. They just – I think, like, the more basketball that was played, their, like, weaknesses got exposed and teams kind of figured them out.
1: I think before we went to break, they had some, like, really good stretches, and then they went loss, 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 beat the Knicks, and now they're on a three-game losing streak. They lost to the Lakers. That's never a good thing. No. Especially after what we just said. Right. But then the Warriors are kinda of bounced their way back up a little bit from near the bottom of what we said. They're again it's like I said, it's not gonna be final. It's just they're gonna to try to find a way to bounce their way back up. And mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna to get to I don't know if they're gonna get the top of the Western Conference, but you never know.
0: Yeah. You're right. You do truly never know.
1: And then the Jazz and the Kings are still surprising. The beam team. Have you seen the beam? Yeah. That's cool. I wish my team did that. That'd be yeah, I think that'd be like a plane violation or something.
0: <laughs> that was really cool to see.
1: They have like, the button they press, and it, the purple laser goes in the air.
0: I, I, just, I, I love when Sacramento's good. I feel like this is like the second or third time it's ever happened. And, I mean, and the fact is, they're not even good. They're mid, but still. For them, it's good. Yeah. I wish the Orlando Magic were as good as they were. That 20 what 2010's Orlando Magic? Yeah, man. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty
1: good. Moving on to stats now. Let's kick it there are offensive leaders in the NBA, starting off with points in first from the Dallas Mavericks. It's Luka Doncic. I always pronounce his name wrong. Luka Doncic. Yeah, Luka Doncic at 33.5 points per game. I always announce Giannis's last name right, but I can never do his. I don't get it. In <laughs> second is Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics, 31.6 points per game, followed by Steph Curry of Golden State, 31.4. Giannis Antetokounmpo. At 31.3 and fourth, and Shea Gilgis Alexander at 31 points a game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Speak all you want about the Thunder, man. With all the draft picks they got coming, they're going to be building.
0: Yeah, the Thunder will be back soon enough.
1: They are very, they're a very, very, very good team. I would agree. Or going to be a very good team in the future, right? Not really right now. I'm sorry, I was distracted. But yes, I feel like the Thunder are going to be good in the future, especially if they can keep a hold of Shea Gilgis Alexander, kind of build around him with their draft picks what they have um assist Tyrese Halliburton 11 wow that's a lot 11.2 assists a game only person averaging double digit assists in the league followed by Trey Young 9.6 Nikolai Jokic 8.9 Luka Donicic 8.6 and Darius Garland of Cleveland
0: 8.1 Cleveland nothing's pretty good as well
1: I think they are pretty good too I think what, they're third yeah they're third in the east So that's a very good stretch for them, especially after all the stuff they went through the last couple years, after the LeBron years and stuff. After he left, they kind of sunk down a little bit more. But, yeah, nice to see them back up near and near the top. Three-pointers made at the course of the top is Steph Curry of Golden State, 5.2 threes a game. Anthony Simmons, 4.1 threes made per game. Desmond Bain of Memphis, 3.8, as well as Donovan Mitchell of Cleveland, 3.8. We say it every show. It's still weird to see that. Yes. And then Klay Thompson kind of getting back into form a little bit more, 3.73s a game from Golden State. Man, the Warriors, the, Warriors, the splash putters are still around. Not as it was in back in like mid-2010s, but they're still there. Yeah. They are still very much alive. True. Defensive leaders rebounding Anthony Davis, 12.7 a game, Clint Capella, 12.1, Rudy Gobert, 11.8. Ivan Zubak of the Clippers, 11.5, tied with Yantis Antetokounmpo at 11.5 as well. I wonder how many of those rebounds from Anthony Davis are Russell Westbrook-Brick offensive rebounds.
0: Probably at least half.
1: Probably close to that. Uh, blocks, Brooke Lopez, 2.8. Miles Turner, 2.6. Anthony Davis, 2.3. Nick Claxton of Brooklyn, 2.1. And Bobo of Orlando, 1.9. Is Bobo just like constantly in the NBA, or is he going to like the G League a lot too? I don't really know too too much.
0: I have no clue what that man's got going on.
1: I think Taco falls in a different league now, right? Yeah, unfortunate. Where is he right now?
0: Uh, I forget. For some reason, I want to say he's playing over in Europe, but I don't know. That's that's sad. Yeah, I agree.
1: Uh, is a Senegalese professional basketball player. Oh, he could have done better than Senegal. Yeah, he could have. He could gone to like Europe and done something. I feel like. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's a shame. That's a shame. I always remember the highlight Brad Stevens trying to get the crowd to hype up a little more. and put him in. <laughs> good times. Steals, OG Anobly, Anobi of the Toronto Raptors, two point three a game. DeAnthony Melton of the uh Philadelphia 76ers, two point two, DeJounte Murray, one point nine, Luka Donichich at one point eight, and Tyrese Halburn as well was one point eight. So Daniel, we're get, we're not I wouldn't, we're not halfway there at all. We're getting close to we're going to be missing these Christmas games. What do you think? Who do you think this one team that's going to be that's going to shock us over this month break that we're going to have?
2: Um
0: hmm. Okay. I think like the Pacers continue to kind of figure things out and get better. They started off rough and now they're kind of clawing their way back up. So they sit at 12 and 9 right now. I think that they'll still be there in the fourth seed when we get back. Is my kind of, I guess, bold take like that out of the East and um, going over to the west, I think that the Kings are going to pass the Clippers. The Kings are going to pass
1: the Clippers. That'd be interesting as well. My take, I think the Raptors are going to get a little bit higher up. I think the pace is going to drop down a little bit in the east. I feel like the Heat or the Bulls are going to find a way to get into the play-in a little bit. I feel like the Knicks or the Wizards have to step off eventually. In the west... I feel like the Timberwolves are going to drop out of the play, and I think Dallas is going to move up. I think you're right. I feel like the Clippers may struggle a little bit down the stretch, so I think the Jazz are going to sneak their way into the straight playoff seats. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State went all the way up and moved into the top of that uh, Western Conference spot.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Anything else we can think of for the NBA? Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of in these last couple minutes here, I'm just going to kind of go through the schedule this weekend. Sure thing. Um, there's only one game tonight, which is kind of weird. The Dallas Mavericks taking on the Detroit Pistons. This one's on NBA TV. But tomorrow, there's some good basketball. Just an hour and a half up the road on I-85. The Denver Nuggets taking on the Atlanta Hawks. The Miami Heat taking on the Boston Celtics up at TD Garden. The Toronto Raptors taking on the Brooklyn Nets. And one game I'm interested in, this is 6.30 p.m. tomorrow night on ESPN is the Los Angeles Lakers-Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to watch this just to watch Giannis put a whooping on LeBron.
1: It's always nice to see. Oh, and mm-hmm.
0: Philadelphia-Memphis. That could be a good game. Yeah, I think so. That would be a good game. Dang, not a lot of NBA on national TV this weekend. Not a lot of good games,
1: NFL or NBA this week. No. You can tell it's kind of winding down towards everything picks back up around Christmas time. Yeah, I agree yeah, I think that's going to do it for our NBA talk. When we come back, we have two more segments left. We're going to talk a little bit about that World Cup. We talked about it a little bit before break. It happened right before we left. And some good stuff's going on right now if you're a United States fan. So don't go anywhere. This is the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM.
0: Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Greg Blankenberg. We've had a loaded show today, and we're going to keep it rolling here with World Cup Talk.
1: A little bit of that footy, eh? A. Not really A. That's more hockey. Football, bruv. C. (laughs) C. So let's just start it off with the United States. They played three games while we were away for break. They tied Wales 1-1 in that one. That made me so mad. That was so maddening. Timothy Ueas scores for the United States. They take a 1-0 lead going into halftime. Second half, Walker Zimmerman fouls Gareth Bale in the box. Gareth Bale puts it away in the PK. That game ends in a one-one tie. Then the United States play England, one of the most anticipated matches the entire World Cup across talking the globe.
0: So much trash. Mm-hmm.
1: It was England, United States. United States looked like they had some more chances than England. There, England near the end kind of looked like they had a shot, didn't really do anything with it, and then they tied that one nil-nil. And then going into Tuesday, the most important, one of the most important games in United States soccer history. the United States needed a win to advance to the round of 16. They cannot lose or tie to the Islamic Republic of Iran. The United States end up taking that game 1-0 one, one off a Christian Pulisic goal in the 38th minute that ended up taking him out of the game after halftime. He is now day-to-day with a pelvic contusion, I believe.
0: Hey, He said he'd be back on Saturday,
1: though. Let's hope, man. Netherlands, we'll talk about it a little bit, but Netherlands is a good team, man. Yeah. That is a very good team. But, yeah, I mean... I love how the World Cup's kind of like now because soccer's grown, continue to grow in America since 2014 when they were last in it. I feel like there's a lot more interest now in the World Cup, mm-hmm. especially at a time like I mean, we're watching World Cup games during our uh, studio recording and stuff like that. We're watching yeah. stuff since it's like early in the day. Now, I do not want the World Cup to be in the winter ever again no, because it's, it's bad it's, because all these good players are hurt.
0: And it disrupts the Premier League mm-hmm. and it's just a whole mess.
1: Yeah, all these good players are hurt for teams, stuff like that, but. Yeah, the United States end up getting second in Group B. They will face the Netherlands at, I believe, 9 a.m. on Fox this Saturday morning. So, before your, football, before your college football gets kicked off, well, or actually it's 10 a.m., I think. Wait. Is the Fox Sports website lying to me? Uh-huh. No, it is 9 a.m. It is yeah. 9 a.m. Central for the United States on Saturday. So, that'll be good. And Group A, who the Americans will face in the next round, is the Netherlands. They won two games in this World Cup. They beat Ecuador And they beat Qatar. I believe they tied to Senegal. So that will be who the United States will be facing in the next round of the World Cup. And then Senegal will be playing the English. They will be playing England on Sunday. And then the host country of Qatar. They are the first team who has ever hosted a World Cup to have not won their first game. The host team has always won the first game they've ever played in, the opening match of the World Cup. They're also the first team, I believe, not to win a match or score any point of a home country.
0: That's hilarious.
1: That is brutal. You spent all that money for what? You scored all that money just for your team to score one goal? Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. That's what corruption might get you. Yep. Uh, Moving on down now to Group C. Argentina, after suffering a 2-1 loss to Saudi Arabia, one of the largest upsets in World Cup history in Round 1. In the first game of the group stage, they rallied back to win their last two, defeating Poland and Mexico. They are moving on to the round of 60, uh, not, I was to say round of 64 the like NCAA tournament. Round of 16, they will face Australia. And then Poland, we were watching in the studio there near the end of the day yesterday, Daniel, it was between Poland was playing Argentina and Mexico was playing Saudi Arabia. They were Mexico and Poland were tied on every single statistic. If the games were to end as they were, they would go to a yellow card. Rule, which would have put Poland through, however, Saudi Arabia scored, knocking down Mexico's goal differential, which is the second tiebreaker. So, we could have been in for an all time finish, especially if Poland got a yellow card, they would have had to cast lots to see who moved on to the next cast round lots? or like kind of like draw stuff. Really, mm-hmm. that's the last tiebreaker. They were tied on every single statistic. Man, can you
0: imagine getting like sent home on a draw?
1: It goes, it goes points first, of course, goal differential. I think goals for goals uh uh against that you allowed and then head-to-head goals they tied head-to-head goals allowed they tied so none of those mattered and then it goes down to it goes down to yellow cards and fair play rule which would have seen Poland go through but Poland went through either way thanks to Saudi Arabia making sure Mexico couldn't come back after that that's nuts and I think I think Mexico would have gone through either way because they had more goals for mm-hmm even though the goal differential was the same, they'd have more goals for. So if they would have scored one more, it would have been 3-1. Mexico beating Saudi Arabia, they would have gone through. Gotcha. Craziness. Moving on now, now to Group 3. Uh, I said Group 3. Group D, France. France will be moving on to the next round of the World Cup. They beat their first two opponents, Australia and Denmark. They dropped a game to Tunisia yesterday. That was very interesting there near the end. And then Australia beats Denmark. They are moving on to the next round of the World Cup. And they will face... Australia will face the Argentines and France will face the Polish.
0: I'm interested to see how those play out.
1: I'm interested to see France, Poland. I think that could be an interesting game. Poland having Lewandowski with France being without a lot of their main attack guys too, with, um, cream, Benzmo still out, but they still have Mbappe. So they should be okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, games that have not yet happened today. This group is still yet to be decided. It is Spain, Japan, Costa Rica, and Germany. Now, There are some crazy things that can happen in this one. It is Germany versus Costa Rica and Japan versus Spain. I think it would come down to if Spain wins, all these teams still have a shot. And then all these teams, I think, can be eliminated. They can be. So if Costa Rica and Japan both win, they're both through. They both have six points. Mm -hmm. If Japan uh, ties Spain, Spain is in, Japan is in. And then if Germany scores and wins by more than two goals they'd move through off a goal differential or if Costa Rica won they'd knock them out. So it's anyone's game there in Group E. But this would be also the second time in a row Germany would be knocked out in the group stage after winning the 2014 FIFA World Cup over the Argentines in Brazil. Yeah. So, I mean, Germany's my second team so that'd be very disappointing to see especially since they have some good players, that, notable players on the team too. But, mm-hmm. they got to Beat costa rica this game
0: yeah that's gonna be tough i think costa rica's good
1: yeah they they beat japan which is a shock to everyone especially after they gave up six goals to or they gave up seven um sorry they gave up six goals to uh, seven goals to spain so there was that moving on down now to group f we already talked about a little bit on shows that happened live morocco winning group f sh- shocking everyone Croatia finishing second with five points, knocking out the Belgium, who is being called the golden generation of Belgium. Then Belgium is finding their way home. Belgium has some very notable players on their team, like Courtois, who is the goalkeeper for the Champions League-winning Real Madrid, and Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne or how do you pronounce his last name, who of Manchester City, one of the best midfielders in the world. So very disappointing for the Belgium. Belgi- I, how do you pronounce it? What is their nickname? The Belgish? No.
0: I don't know. Belgian people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then Canada going 0 for in the tournament. That's disappointing. For a team that was leading CONCACAF of the qualifying, doesn't get a single point.
0: It's pretty funny.
1: I guess America's just got to put CONCACAF on our back once again. Yeah. Moving on down now to Group G. This will happen tomorrow. It is Brazil, Switzerland, Cameroon, and Serbia. Brazil is already guaranteed to go through. They have six points. It is now down to Switzerland, Cameroon, and Serbia to fight for that last spot uh, Switzerland ties I think they move through barring a who do they play tomorrow uh Switzerland plays Serbia Serbia okay so they play Serbia tomorrow so uh, Switzerland ties Serbia I believe uh no wait no they still could tie and get knocked out of Cameroon beats Brazil by more than two goals by more than one goal I don't see that happening either Even though Brazil may try to rest some players, though. Once you get six points, you're automatically guaranteed to go to the next round. So they could be sitting some of their guys who are on a yellow card because if you get two yellow cards in the group stage, you're – if you get two yellow cards in the group stage, you get banned for the next match. Really? So it's pretty strict like that. But it resets after that. Moving on down now to Group H, it'll be Portugal versus South Korea, who is – Portugal's already advanced, and then Ghana versus Uruguay. Now, Daniel, I know you're getting in the ball. You're starting ball. to learn about ball. You're yep. a Crystal Palace fan. you got a whole kit coming in the mail. We can talk about that more later on. But one thing you need to know about Ghana and Uruguay, let me take a quick flashback that back to 2010. The United States were knocked out by Ghana in the round of 16. They were facing Uruguay in the final eight, as they call it. or I don't know. It's not the elite eight like the NCAA, but they are facing in the quarterfinals. So Ghana and Uruguay, Uruguay is winning. However, Uruguay has the ball in the box. They take a shot. One of the Uruguay players named Luis Suarez holds his hands up like he's the goalkeeper and blocks the ball out of the net. Immediate red card. Yeah. And Ghana takes the penalty. Wow. They miss it.
0: Oh, no.
1: Uruguay moves forward off of that. Oh, my gosh. I think the Uruguay got eliminated in the next round, but a handball stop, desperation chance save, and then they miss the penalty. Wow. And they, he was talking to the media about it today because it's the first time Uruguay's played Ghana since that game. And uh, Luis Suarez shows no remorse.
0: Hey, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, it's going to be a good one. I mean, Uruguay has to win to get in. Yeah. They cannot tie. They have to win to get, beat Ghana to advance. And in South Korea, yeah, they'd have to beat Portugal. Even though Portugal will probably rest some of their players, like we may not see Ronaldo play. Man. But Uruguay needs to win because yeah. if – yeah, that game could decide who moves on. So, yeah, a little bit of footy talk. Um, going off our predictions at the start, I think, Daniel, you said Argentina was going to win?
0: Uh, I think I went with England. No, it was Argentina. Yeah, yeah it was
1: Ar- So you're off to a good start. I mean, yeah. that Saudi Arabia game was maybe a little bit shaky there at the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked Brazil, so I'm doing fine right now, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the leading goal scorer of the World Cups is has been – a few players, Inter Valencia of Ecuador, uh, guy of the United States need to look out for, Cody Gepo uh, of PSV, Eindhoven. He has three goals for the Dutch, followed by Kilian Mbappe, three goals, and Marcus Rashford of Manchester United with three goals as well. So it's spread out right now. Probably get some of these names down once we get to the uh, knockout round since I believe Ecuador, is Ecuador going home? Yes, Ecuador is going home. So that's top spot won't be there for too long. Harry Kane leading the way in assists with three, and still de- le- Brazil is still the leading uh, bet to win the World Cup plus two twenty, followed by France plus five hundred, Argentina plus five fifty, Spain plus six hundred, and England plus eight hundred. Let's find out the United States odds real quick. They are okay. Never mind. They don't show it. Still very high. Yeah. But this is a monumental match for the United States. I think they'll be looking for, to get out of the group stage for the first time since, I believe, 1998. Or no, get out of the round of 16, 1998. And they got a tough task at hand because if they win was this game... Is
0: that the team um, Greg Berthalter was on? I think so.
1: Because if they lose this... Because they beat this game, Daniel, they are potentially set up for a matchup with Lino Messi in Argentina. That'd be
0: huge. That'd be
1: huge. Or maybe Australia wins. That'd be the craziest
0: thing in the world. But that'd be wild. But, Daniel, any you know, other talks about ball? Um... This World Cup has been great, but I'm excited for the Premier League to resume in mid December. Mm-hmm. Me as
1: well. But that is going to do it for our talk on the World Cup. When we come back, it's everyone's favorite segment. Who you got? Me and Daniel got to make our picks separately today because we both have to. Um, because we're, both, we're really close. There's a chance anyone can win. So don't go anywhere. This is the Eagles' Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the Eagles' Nest. I am Greg are Alongside me is Daniel Locke. We've had a loaded show today. Again, special thank you to Jake Crane of Crane & Company for coming on and talk Hugh Freeze being hired as the Auburn head football coach with us. Talked everything today, every single sport you could imagine, including soccer. But now it is time for everyone's favorite segment. It is Who You Got. We are in the final week of our semester-long contest, ladies and gentlemen. If we do a show next week, it'd be recorded, so we wouldn't probably do this one. But yeah, so we are back here. It is our final week. Me and Daniel both did our picks separately. I showed Daniel, so it's obvious what my picks were so let's just go right into it daniel last week went f- or last time we had a show he went five and five i went seven and three so it is a three game lead for mr Locke now heading into the final week but here we go we're going to start off we both didn't see each other's picks i showed daniel mine so it's all good daniel we're going to start off with college football now it is utah versus usc friday night in las vegas allegiant stadium daniel who you got
0: I know like we kind of said when we were previewing this game earlier that USC like kind of had everything to lose and Utah had nothing to lose. But I think that UCLA or USC, I mean, is really gonna like persevere here and get it done.
1: Yeah, I got I had USC as well, just they know what they have to play for. They know they know what's at stake. Utah, if they win this Utah's playing for something as well. They could go back to the Rose Bowl for the second year in a row. So they're playing for something with that. It's not the same as like the Big Twelve title game. But right. so something's on the line still. But I I still got the Trojans. Me too. Moving on down now to Jerry's world. It is Kansas State versus TCU. We talked about this one a little bit at the show as well. Daniel, who you got?
0: I'm gonna have to go TCU. Uh, they're just they're really good, and I don't see it stopping here. I feel like Kansas State, like they are ranked ten in the country. I don't really think they deserve that. So I'm gonna go with the Horned Frogs.
1: I'm gonna go. With the Horned Frogs as well. I think they, they they know what's at stake. They've already beaten this team once. However, I do think it will be close. I think they won't cover just because it's hard to beat a team twice, Daniel, in yeah. one season, especially in college football. True. So I'm going to go with the Horned Frogs in on this one, and then the Horned Frogs will be, I think, what the – how many different teams have been there in the playoffs? Real quickly. Ohio okay. State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan. LSU. LSU. Michigan State. LSU, Michigan State. Washington. Oklahoma. FSU. Oklahoma. It's ten, Oregon, C- Oregon, Cincinnati. Are we missing anyone? If we are missing anyone, you can tweet it. You can feel if you're feeling so inclined, tweet it. Us, we're missing anyone. I, I think it's think been twelve. I think it's just twelve. So this could, they would be the would be the thirteenth new member. If USC makes it, they'd be the fourteenth. So a little bit of variety, a little bit of new colors. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go with TCU. Moving on down, down to Atlanta. It is LSU versus Georgia in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Daniel. You got,
0: I would love to take Georgia here, or I would love to take LSU here, but I just can't bring myself to do it, so I'm gonna have to go with the Bulldogs.
1: I'm gonna go with Georgia after the fashion they won already in their neutral site game this year in Atlanta. Yeah, and especially with them having at the same time it's like they have nothing to lose since they're getting in no matter what. Yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bulldogs as well. Moving on down down to Charlotte, it is Clemson versus USC. This game could have meant something if both teams didn't decide to drop one game, a couple of their last couple of games. So it is Clemson-UNC, Charlotte, Saturday night. Daniel, you got?
0: Man, this is tough. Um, I would love to pick UNC here, but I just think Clemson's going to be a little too much to overcome, even though Clemson is susceptible to getting upset, so I wouldn't be shocked if UNC won. I'm going to go with Clemson.
1: I'm going to go with UNC in this one, and here's why I think Drake May and them are have the ability to win this game. Drake May won AC Player of the Year, AC Offensive Player of the Year, and ACC uh, Freshman of the Year. So a lot of rewards there for the freshman from Charlotte as well. It's a, he's from Charlotte, so he's playing. Uh, Myers Park didn't play in this game because they didn't play the championship there. I think they have what it takes, especially if Clemson has their same offensive struggles throwing the ball, because I think UNC's defense has been pretty decent against the run this year. Their mm-hmm. pass defense is terrible, so that's going to force DJ to throw it. So, And UNC's looking for revenge after that offside on the onside kick. Remember that? Yeah. A couple years ago where they got the ball back and it was called offside? Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Tar Heels in this one. Just feel like they're playing for something. Clemson, it's like they just lost their rival for the first time in like what, six, seven, eight years? Yeah. Moving on now down to the NFL. It is the Miami Dolphins taking on the 49ers this Sunday. Daniel, he got.
0: Man, I'm gonna have to go with the Niners. They're just looking really good right now. Um, I haven't really been impressed with that much with the Dolphins lately, so I'm going to take Jimmy GQ and the Niners.
1: I'm gonna go with the Dolphins here. I still don't think the Dolphins have lost a game where two has played the entire game. I believe that is to be correct. I don't know if I'm wrong. I feel like Miami's still playing for it up there because they still have a chance to win that division in the NFC East, mm-hmm. or in the AFC East. Yeah. And then the 49ers don't really have too too much competition right now in the NFC West, so might be taking a little bit of a backseat to a non-conference game, or an out-division of game like this. So I'm going to go with Miami. Moving on now down to, we're moving down to the fake Queen City. It's Cincinnati, Ohio, where the Chiefs and the Bengals are taking on each other in an AFC Championship rematch from last season. The Chiefs are the favorite in this one. Daniel, who you got
0: Give me the Chiefs, man. I would love to pick Joey G, uh, Joey B, and the Bengals, but I'm just gonna have to go with the Chiefs.
1: This one kind of pulled me apart in two different ways. I wanted to pick the Bengals because I thought they had a shot. I mean, they had they did it last year when no one thought they did. I mean, it's a little bit different the stakes for this one, but I just can't. The Chiefs have been hot, man. They've been those guys. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs in that one. Moving on down now to college basketball. It is Creighton versus Texas this tonight. Texas remembers beating the doors off of Gonzaga earlier in this season, at Texas, and then Creighton's been probably one of the best uh, group of five teams this year as well, top ten as well. Daniel, he got.
0: I mean, you're gonna have to give me Creighton, like they're looking really good right now. Texas is eh, a little unconvincing to me at this point, so I'm going with the Blue Jays, who the Auburn volleyball team will also be taking on in volleyball. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow. Tomorrow as well.
1: I will be taking the Texas Longhorns in this one solely based on the fact that they beat the absolute doors off of Gonzaga when they came into their uh, new stadium there at Texas and played them there. I think Texas has it rolling. Chris Beard's got it going right now. He's got it rolling. I'm going to go with the Longhorns in this one. I don't see them dropping a rowdy home game for probably their most uh, – man, they played not Gonzaga at home. I was about to say their most important non-conference game. Well, now this is their more important non-conference game since Gonzaga is starting to slip a little bit.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Moving on down now, down to – we're moving actually up to South Dakota. I don't know why this game's there. It is Baylor versus Gonzaga in South Dakota this Friday night. Daniel, who you got?
0: I'm taking Baylor. Uh, I haven't really been that impressed with Gonzaga this year. Um, I'm going to see them play in Birmingham against Alabama, which I'm excited about. But I think that Baylor's going to take this stuff
1: <coughs> Yeah, I'm with you there. Baylor, Baylor lost a – Bad. They got destroyed by Marquette the other night, but then Gonzaga's just been looking bad. Gonzaga, if they want to get a one seed, man, they got to start hurrying up and winning some of these games. Well, they did beat Kentucky, but Kentucky's having a bad year a little bit. So, I feel like if Gonzaga wants to secure a one seed, they got to win this game. I think because their their conference schedule, as we've said on the show before, is absolutely terrible. Yeah. Besides, like St. Mary's at St. Mary's every other year. So, I'm gonna go with Baylor as well. Moving on to Saturday morning. 9 a.m. on Fox is the United States men's national team taking on the Netherlands men's national team for the round of 16 in the FIFA World Cup 2022 in Qatar. Mr. Locke, who you got?
0: I'm going with the USA. I'm confident. I'm feeling it. The team's playing good. So, yeah, USA.
1: I'll be rocking with the boys in the red, in the white, in the blue, even though I rock with a guy in the orange for F1. I'm pushing that to the side right now, saying Max Verstappen. Not today, baby. Soccer is coming home. United States men's national team. I'm going with it. They're the underdog. We were the underdogs to England. We brought home that tie. We did it. We were underdogs in 1776. Yep. We were underdogs in a lot of stuff we've been a part of. The miracle on ice. Yep. It wasn't the final game. Just nope. like this isn't the final game. No. Nope. People forget that. Yep. We were the underdogs. Give me the boys. Eagle screech sound. If we can add it in, we can't. I'm going with America.
0: We don't have an Eagles uh, screech, but we do have something. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, no. Hold on. Don't do it.
0: I can't find it. Oh, well. Dang. Oh,
1: well. United States. And finally, we didn't talk about this game at all. It is Friday night in the jungle in Neville Arena. It is Colgate taking on the number 15-ranked Auburn Tigers.
0: There's a drive in a deep left field by <laughs> it will be There it is.
1: Nine. Yeah, when I think of America's American soccer, I think of uh, Nick Castellanos' home run thing. All right, Daniel, who you got last game?
0: Uh, Auburn, easy.
1: Yeah, I got the Tigers as well. Um, if you're right an Auburn
0: now, fan, you better not be using Colgate toothpaste this week. I might have to go buy some new toothpaste. Yep.
1: Um, so right now, is the as the Sings would go, We have three games that are different. So if three games that are different than picked, we would both tie. If every other game went the same, so we picked the same. So if we're tied, we'll do another random one if we do a recording show next week. If not, we'll figure out what's something to do. But once again, I will unfortunately do it for our show today. Again, we want to thank Jake Crane for coming on the show, talking Auburn football with us at the start. Thank you, as always, to our listeners. If you missed any of today's show, you can check it out in the podcast version. They'll be later on any of your favorite podcast platforms. We are on there. But – probably the last time on air for at least for this semester. For Daniel Locke, I'm Greg's Blankberg. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Eagle's Nest, everyone, and War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to the Eagle's Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. and at TheGriggsB. Until next time, this has been the Eagle's Nest. See you next week.